0: Welcome to Kiri Presents or Inspiring Stories. This is the health and wellbeing podcast where I sit down with a special guest to discuss a topic for one of the calendar awareness days. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, inform and celebrate the people who share their incredible stories to help others. So sit back and enjoy. This month's episode is to raise awareness of Cervical Cancer Prevention Week, which was the 21st to the 28th of January. When Jade Goody died in 2007, at the age of just 27, there was a surge of women taking up their cervical screen tests. However, recent figures indicate that this effect has actually ended and less women, especially those under 30, are taking up the offer to get screened. In fact, up to one in three women do not attend. But with the help of my wonderful and extraordinary friend, Kat, we are hopefully going to help break down some of those barriers attached to this. We discuss some of the symptoms of cervical cancer, but mainly the importance of screening, as many of those symptoms don't actually develop until later on. Kat very bravely shares her experience with us today of developing cervical pre-cancer, and we hope this helps others. And here's the show. Yes.
1: Hello, Kat. How
0: are you? Thank you so much for coming on today to chat about cervical screening. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for asking. It's the run up to Christmas. I know. The, for us, isn't it? And I can't believe we've known each other for almost 20 years now since living together at Disney Paris in our little room that
1: we shared. Little tiny room with our little tiny dip screen to watch friends on. (laughs) It was like a little mini DVD player, wasn't it? And we had it on a
0: chair in between our single beds.
1: Yeah, it was the tiniest little thing.
0: (laughs) Ah, good memories. So yeah, thanks again for taking time to do this. With me. So let's start right at the beginning. Can you share your experience about going for your cervical screening test?
1: Like my very, very first one was actually awful. They're uncomfortable. And this one in particular, the person doing it, it was like one of those, I guess, clinics that were specifically for young people. So, and the person doing the screening just was talking about her lunch order and just kind of like shoved her fingers in there without even like talking me through what was going to happen. And it was just all very rushed and quite aggressive. So it definitely put me off from doing them regularly initially. Yeah, well,
0: it would anyone if (laughs) that was your first ever experience with them.
1: Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was outrageous. I and mean, this this was in Austria and it was just sort of like, why would you, like, is this what it should be like, you know? And, and actually, no, no, that's not what it should be like. <laughs> as much as uncomfortable as it is, every single one I've had since has been very, very respectful and very clear and generally always has a second person in the room as well. So yeah, my just initial one was not Thank goodness that didn't put you off for longer, even, I mean, I know we'll
0: get onto the conversation about missing one, and that's how we we're on the podcast today, but that could have really put you off going back ever again, couldn't it? And you'd think that the that's nurse would have had it written down, this is Catherine Murray's first cervical screen, and make sure you talk yeah. her through what's going on. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem very good at all. So yeah, let's talk about the others and how, you know, you got to that point of missing a test.
1: So I lived in a lot of places. My last one before kind of a big hiatus was in England, actually. And I did the test and then I never actually got my results because I moved away. So I didn't get a letter. It's very possible that maybe that one was already abnormal. Who knows? But yeah, I... Never got the results for that one because I was in Paris having a great time with you. <laughs> so I was in Paris for almost two years. And then from there, I went to Australia for a year and then eventually made my way to um, Canada, Vancouver, which is where I am now. So I've been here a while. And it was a year and a bit, year and a half before I actually had my first screening here. I had to get my, my health card and everything, right? So yeah. and then it would be covered yay for free coverage (laughs) (laughs) and so that one I just kind of went in thinking okay this is just like I just got to get it done you know it's been a long time let's just check. So how many Um, years
0: do you think that was what was the gap at that point?
1: It was about five six years.
0: Yeah Yeah. so yeah I mean there's different rules as well isn't there for different countries is that right it's Australia five years um, I'm
1: rightly thinking. I don't remember I thought it was like every two years there but maybe and then if you're fine then it's every five could have been something like that and I know when I was in England I think it was every two might just be every one every year now
0: yeah I think it's it's actually every three currently yeah I'm not sure
1: right
0: what it's been like that whole time I think it's been roughly around every three years
1: so I've had it
0: done but yeah it's definitely currently three years
1: is it I feel Hmm. like that's really long, actually. In Canada, I think it's every two years. I know if everything is normal for someone like me, where I've had abnormal tests before and and procedures and everything else. It's for me, it's every year. For a while, it was actually every six months. Right. Yeah. So you got
0: this letter when you're in Canada. It's been five, six years. You went for your test. Well done for going and not leaving any longer. And you got that letter in the post. So what did it say? How did it explain the situation?
1: So I didn't actually get a letter. I got a call. Okay. And they basically said that we found some abnormal cells and we need you to come in for further testing. So the further testing was a procedure called a colposcopy. And it's essentially, that's checking for cancerous cells. And they were pretty urgent about it. Actually, so I got that call and they got me in probably within a couple weeks, and that is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, if we're talking about you know being uncomfortable and doing these things, right? Like, who likes doing them? The colposcopy was just it left me with major cramps for the rest of the day, and it was just not pleasant at all. And also, when you're in this like high level of stress, too, and anxiety surrounding like, what is it? Like, is it cancer? Yeah, It was just, it was horrible. So that was another
0: screen in a way because it wasn't a removal of anything at this point. That was another test and that was more uncomfortable than the cervical screening.
1: Yeah, because the pap test, right? Or the smear, they, that's sort of more just like, they're kind of just checking the cells, right? So yeah. they kind of scrape a little bit off, you know, a couple seconds of uncom- being uncomfortable and then it's done. Whereas this, they actually like went into the cervix. And in my case, they actually found there. So there are two different types of cervical cells, the exterior ones and then the interior ones. Mm -hmm. And both types, in my case, came back abnormal, Mm -hmm. which is unusual. Often it's one or the other. And yay, I get to be different. (laughs) So so I had both come back abnormal.
0: How did you feel when that came back as both being abnormal?
1: I was in tears. I remember waiting for Aaron to come home. I was at the kitchen sink doing dishes and just bawling my eyes up. And he gave me hugs, said it would be okay. We'll get through it. Don't worry. Right. You're going to be fine. At least they caught it now because it wasn't cancer. It was, it was literally one step.
0: Yeah. They call it the pre-cancer, don't they?
1: Yeah. It was pre-cancer cells and there are different levels of that too. So it's in one, two, or three, and I was at the level three. Okay. Which is the highest Um, one? Which is the highest Highest. one. Yeah. So that's like one step away. Yes. Yeah. And so from there, I had to get scheduled in for what they call a cone biopsy. Mm -hmm. And they essentially remove the abnormal cells. So I was actually put under general anesthetic. It happened at the hospital and they kind of, Just kind of take the the reason they call it a cone is because if you think of your cervix as as circular, Mm -hmm. they kind of take like a cone
0: out of it. Okay, layer basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the procedure itself, I don't know if you want to get into that now. I don't know. The procedure itself was like, I didn't feel any pain afterwards. I mean, it was a fairly quick procedure. And afterwards, I was kind of in recovery or whatever, waking up. The guy next to me, Was in agony because he'd had a skiing accident and he was like moaning. And they came to Ah. me going, Are you okay? Are you in pain? And I was completely fine. Like I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like, yeah, send me home. Wow. (laughs) However, there were some complications because I actually started bleeding out at home. Right. And they sort of said, You know, if this should be like, there's going to be a little bit of bleeding afterwards, but Mm -hmm. it should stop fairly quickly. Well, I was going through a pad every 20 minutes. And and so I had to, I called and um, the doctor said, yeah, come on in, come on down, come back. Let have them tell me that you're here when you get there. And honestly, that was the most embarrassing, most humiliating experience Mm -hmm. probably of my life. And
0: scary as
1: well. Yeah, it was scary, but the, so the people at ER, because they said come into the emergency room, Yeah, the receiving nurses did not realize, even though I was like, I was here earlier, like we need to let this doctor know, Mm -hmm. they made me wait. They said, we'll see you in a moment. We've got other people to see.
0: Right. So it just
1: kept coming then. And it just kept coming. And I actually, like I needed more pads. I'd run out and I had to go and tell them that I need another one. I was had blood running down my Ooh, leg. Yeah. And like, they didn't get it. And then finally, Aaron, because I was just very emotional at that point, because yeah. I was just being completely dismissed. And uh, Aaron actually said, No, like, where's the doctor, they know where she's coming. They're waiting for her, you need to go find her. And finally, they sort of I guess, because, I don't know, Aaron has a way of <laughs> getting people <laughs> to do things. <laughs> yeah, I finally got in. And, yeah, it was just like they had to stitch me back up, basically. Right.
0: Oh, okay. So they misstitched, stitched, had they, at the time?
1: I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so after that, it was fine. Right. So, like, I really, in terms of pain level, and even short- when I was bleeding out, there was no pain. And it was short. I had, yeah, a couple of days off work, I think. It was, like, a yeah. weekend you know.
0: Okay. So that doesn't sound too bad. In the grand scheme of things, you think, well, I didn't have the cancer. I've had this procedure. So was
1: that the end of it? Or was there any long-term
0: effects that came with that?
1: There have definitely been long-term effects. Whether or not it's from that, I don't know. I was told that it will be, if we were to try to have a child, it would be very likely that I could miscarriage because my cervix is no longer as thick, it's no longer as stable. And Mm -hmm. so they said, you know, there are things that they can do. So if you do conceive, you know, they can actually, after you've kind of gone through the first trimester, I guess they can clamp Mm -hmm. it shut basically and hold the baby in. Wow. Um, Yeah. So that is something that they, you know, that they could do, but I mean, Aaron and I haven't got pregnant or haven't been able to keep it. I don't know. It's I've, We've always kind of probably lost it really early on. So at this point, you know, it's just one of those things. Our business is our baby instead. Yeah. Which you're doing <laughs> very <we're>... well in. <laughs> amazing. And also we're, you know, in line to adopt a little boy, which would be wonderful. And he's amazing. So yeah. I think, and for a while there, I think that was really difficult. You know, we were trying to have a baby for a, quite a few years. And at a certain point, it was just not, not not worth it for our emotional uh, lives. And we said, let's just keep living as if this is our life. And let's plan for just us. And then if something happens, then cool. And if not, we have each other, we can still have fun, we can go travel, we can do all the things that we love doing. Yeah. And, you know, so that that's kind of where we are. So we uh, hope for the little one, but in the meantime, we're happy just us. Well,
0: that's it's beautiful that you're just thinking like that and just thinking about the here and now. And yeah, whatever will be, will be, won't it? But, yeah. So we know we talked about the fact that it was pre cancer. I'm just wondering, I know you said it was the health card you're waiting for, but did you have any symptoms that sort of made you get that screen booked in at
1: the time? Honestly, not really. I know that there are a lot of potential symptoms. That you can look out for, but in my case, really there wasn't a whole lot. Things like vaginal bleeding, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What not during your regular monthly cycle, or pain during sex could be a thing. Maybe unusual discharge, things like that, are definitely some areas where you know you can sort of think, "Huh, I wonder. Maybe I should go get myself checked out."
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, Um, a lot of these symptoms sort of show later on, don't they, down the stage of having actual cervical cancer rather than that pre cancer stage? So that's what makes it even more important to get the cervical screen because that's where you're going to sort of catch it. Yeah. um, That little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, But yeah, definitely look out for those symptoms, increased urination as well, bleeding in the bottom, pain in the pelvis all those sorts of things. If you haven't been for the cervical screen, it's something to look out for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, it's about listening to your own body, right? Yeah. Like notice what's normal and then kind of notice how huh, that's different. Maybe I need to look at that. Right. It's very easy to kind of dismiss things, but trust your gut. Yeah. You can that's kind big. of feel it within you if something's not right.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Some people almost don't want to know the result, do they? They don't want to go to the doctors because they know something could be wrong, but they don't want to go and actually find out. But it's best to find out when it's earlier rather than leaving it till later. There's definitely a common misconception about cervical screen tests, because I always thought when I was younger that that was a test to see if you had cervical cancer.
1: But it's mm. not,
0: is it? It's actually to test a particular virus, the HPV virus. And I didn't actually find that out until I went to my screen a couple of months ago. And I actually sat down and the nurse started talking to me about what it actually was for. I was like, what?
1: I had no idea. <laughs> I
0: was like, oh, that's the first I've heard. Maybe I hadn't been listening properly before in all the other tests. I don't know. But it was interesting because I actually said to her, Oh, so it's just a test for this particular virus, not a test for cervical cancer. Did you know that as well, Kat? Or did, yeah, what do you think?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because it's not necessarily always the HPV virus. I mean, most cases, it's the Mm. HPV virus that causes the changes in your cells. In my case, actually, it wasn't. So it wasn't the HPV virus, which, and they were like really confused by that they sort right. of thought but it must be it has to be but it wasn't there but yeah I mean I think it's you had mentioned it was like 99.7 percent right of all cervical cancers that started with HPV or like with the yeah. virus
0: and that's why they um, test for it don't they that's why they yeah. screen for it yeah
1: yeah yeah no the the test is not cancer related they're just wanting to make sure that the cells are healthy yeah and normal and then if it's not normal, then they do those extra things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, one of the factors of developing cervical cancer is the HPV virus. And yeah. then, yeah, let's talk about the different factors that are involved. Mm. It's, it's also more common if you're younger. So if you're under 45, if you're a smoker, and also HPV can be spread through sex as well. So there are all sorts of
1: factors to consider are there any others yeah i think genetics is one yeah you know sometimes it's just in your genes you can't do anything about it and then also having children at a younger age apparently can because you know, having children is a whole other beast isn't it <laughs> and then uh long-term use of contraceptive pills too can also yeah. be some things end. to consider but like anything with
0: genetics yeah. you're gonna have to keep an eye on that if it runs in the family yeah as well. yeah hello this is Kiri just a quick break in this podcast episode I would absolutely love it if you could subscribe to the podcast all you've got to do is hit that subscribe button once you've done that please give us a rating and a review this helps keep the podcast going it'd be so much appreciated and you can do this on any of the podcast platforms of your choice thank you so much and let's get back to the show So let's talk about the reasons why people don't seem to go for these screens. I think it's up to one, three women that don't attend when they're invited. I know that you've moved countries, not just houses, (laughs) the locations, but you've actually lived all over the world. And that was your particular reason why you didn't go. But what are the other reasons do you think?
1: Look, it's kind of awkward and embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, who wants to sit there with their legs open and up in the air and have a random stranger take a look at you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's their job and that's what they do every day, right? So for them, it's just like this normal thing. But for you going into it, it's very intimate, you know, and really there are very few people in your life who you allow into that region often and it's not going to be a random stranger. So just the embarrassment of it also not really knowing what it is or how it's going to go, I think. Yeah. Could be a factor, right? That anxiety of like, what is it? I don't know. Thank you. Let's stay away. Especially Um, that first
0: time that you go, like when you went for the very first time. And I'm thinking about my, I've got a niece who's 18, 19. So I'd imagine mm -hmm. that she might be going soon. I'm wondering, like what her first experience is going to be like. Surely that very first experience needs to be much more informative, doesn't
1: it? I think it really does. And I think there needs to be allow time for questions and really allow time to explain exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. Especially for someone that young, they may not necessarily have a lot of experience with anybody in that area, Mm -hmm. right? So to allow, again, a, a random stranger in, For something that's not pleasurable is a little bit daunting, I think. I think there's also that anxiety of like getting the results. And I don't know what it's like in the UK right now with the NHS, but here it can take anywhere from a month to six months, depending on where you are in the country to get those results. Wow. So even like I had mine actually last week and she said, Last time I had it, which was a year ago, they said, oh, it's going to be two to three months. And it was three months, where this time she said, oh, it'll be about a month. So they've obviously caught up.
0: <laughs> but would they call you if, like they did for you,
1: if it was something to be concerned about? Yes, Hopefully. they would call. Yeah. yeah, they would call. And actually last year for me was my first abnormal test results that came back last year for the first time since my procedure. So I did have to have the colposcopy again and it came back fine. So, yay. But I kind of knew the routine now and I kind of went, okay, well, I'm just going to go and see what it is. At least we're getting it early, right? And it was nothing. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe taking time off work might be a thing. Honestly, there are so many excuses we can give ourselves to not do things that put us, make us uncomfortable.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think people also worry about their area down there, don't they? Have I shaved? Have I waxed? Am I smelling fresh? And, you know, if you've been at work all day and you go to the appointment after work and but the nurses, they're not going to worry about things like that. But we think that they might. But honestly, I mean, they do them all day long as well, these nurses. So they're going to see everything literally. Yeah. When I went to mine a few weeks ago I did get my letter by the way about two weeks later so that was good. Oh good. And it was all fine but yeah my nurse was really funny because she said that she loved doing them and she does them all day long. I was like, what? <laughs> and Then she made me feel so comfortable that we ended up talking about Florida and Disneyland. Yeah. And Harry Potter world. I yeah. I'm so distracted. I'm, I don't even realize what's going on. So that was having someone like that, which I think most nurses are, aren't they? They Because that's what they're like. But obviously we do get put off by these things, but we've just got to go and do it.
1: We have to go and do it. And in my experience, and I'm like, I definitely like, I know I'm an anomaly on this. I actually prefer male doctors okay. doing it because I've had several women. And I think it maybe it's because they're also women, they just kind of like get in there and just like do the, they're not as gentle and respectful. Whereas I think with male doctors, they're like, I'm going to be very gentle and very careful. I'm going to tell you everything that I'm doing. And Oh, there's a nurse next to me to make sure that there's a third person in the room. Like, it's just so like, they go over and above to make sure yeah. that you're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my experience. Although, I mean, I've, now my family doctor and that's fine but like both of my OBGYNs have been male
0: right and what does that stand for again sorry
1: oh now you're asking (laughs) they are essentially specialists in um, that area right so if yeah if you're pregnant you'll probably see a OBGYN if
0: you'll do they call them gynecologists oh yeah that's it yeah Yeah, in America in Canada yeah Yeah, because I don't think we have specialists do we so much well we do if there's sort of a problem but I don't think yeah. on a regular basis we go and see a specialist yeah 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 but I know yeah. what you mean now yeah I mean there's lots of re- like we said lots of reasons isn't there I know mm-hmm. actually I've read recently that it's common for younger women not to go because it mm-hmm. could be down to lack of knowledge as well and experience and not knowing what what to expect and they think there's less risk or more risk or
1: and I, I guess disease. too like if you don't have someone in your life who is pushing you to do these things at that age, right? Or even makes the appointment for you and goes with you. Because at that point, you know, you're not necessarily like, okay, where do I even like, make the appointment? Where do I even do this? Like, so to have someone kind of guide you through those initial steps, I think is really critical, actually, set the expectations or set the, I don't know, the guidance, right? Of like, this is what you... Do this for yourself, and I think at a young age too, you kind of go, "I'm fine, I'm invincible," right? We all Mm -hmm.
0: we've all thought that, I think,
1: (laughs) yeah. And now it's like, no, go do
0: this stuff. It does (laughs) make me think, actually, to check on my niece and check that she's going for hers, and if you've got someone in your family that is going to be going through that, to check on them, maybe
1: talk about it. People don't talk about it. Yeah, right. We just don't mention it. It's it's the one appointment where we kind of do it every year, and you don't really say, oh, I have an appointment today. You don't say what it is for. Whereas if you're going to the dentist, everyone knows you're going to the dentist. (laughs) Yeah. And also people
0: that are older, maybe that are going through the menopause, they're definitely put off by it as well. Mm. Because one, they think, oh, we're less risk. And two, one of the symptoms of the menopause is vaginal dryness. So that's going to make it even more uncomfortable, isn't it? But apparently there are some jellies that you can get. So yes. if you're going through the menopause, don't be put off and ask the nurse for that jelly in the leading up to that yeah. screen test as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about the younger people as well, they've now got the option to get a cervical cancer vaccination, which I don't think yeah. was available to us when we were younger. It was
1: not. No, it wasn't. And I mean, I don't, it doesn't necessarily guarantee, I think, that you won't get cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And you still should do the screenings. But I I think it's available on the NHS, right? Yeah. Like in England. Yeah, um, from a young age as well, from the age of 12 to 18. Yeah.
0: You can get it as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely yeah. worth. And boys, not just women, boys can get it mm-hmm. as well. Because that helps to prevent oral and throat cancers. There you go. Yeah. we taking up that offer. Mm-hmm. So Kat, if someone was thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't been for a while, or like we said, it's their first one, or well, there's so many important things to do on our things to do list, isn't there? And we're always thinking, right. oh, I'll leave that until next week or next month or next yeah. year. What would you say to them?
1: Just go get it done. Honestly, the few moments of discomfort far outweighs like anything that you could possibly go through. Down the line, if something does come back abnormal, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're testing, if you're going regularly, and by regularly, it's different in in different countries. Here in Canada, I believe it's every two years. Yeah, most well for me, it's every year just because of my experience. And here it's every three three years. Okay, it's three years in England. Yeah, yes. So just kind of get it done. And the thing is, is that I, you know, I think the NHS does send you a letter saying, "Hey, it's time for your next one." So just make the appointment get in there it's literally all of five minutes or less yeah and yeah a bit of discomfort is it's just one of those things just go do it
0: yeah yeah speak to the nurse maybe beforehand or call the doctors or speak to someone that's gone through it recently yeah go
1: together find a friend
0: (laughs) (gasps) that's a good idea (laughs) brilliant and the thing is we're always looking after other people taking care of our friends and family and we do have to do these things that take care of ourselves as well
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: so yeah I mean if people haven't got the support network and can't ask friends and family to help them are there any like resources that you found in the past that would help
1: the NHS website is a great place to start I think the internet as a whole you can go down lots of rabbit holes so find the official ones (laughs) Yeah. And if you are worried, you know, contact your local doctor. I think NHS does have a phone number you can call too.
0: Yeah. Right? There's some non-emergency numbers isn't there as well. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah. Or you can phone the doctors yeah, yeah, and you might be a- able to get. There's some e-consults yeah. as well on my doctors. You can do like an e-appointment. So yeah. things like that you might be able to do. Yeah. Brilliant. So however we feel about cervical screening, we're not alone. We know it's not always easy, is it? But the best way to protect ourselves from cervical cancer is just to get that screen test. It's a very short procedure, as you said, Kat, and it can save your life. So we just need to tick it off our list, don't we?
1: Exactly. Tick that thing off your list, get it done. (laughs) Kat, thank
0: you so much for your insight on this and sharing your experience. It's so much appreciated. And hopefully, if people are listening that need that guidance, it will really help them. So thank you again.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for letting me share my story. I've never talked about it before. It's been one of those things that I really haven't shared. So to actually do it in a very public place, <laughs> I, uh, this is me going out of my comfort zone. I, I really do appreciate the opportunity, Kiri. Oh, awesome to talk to you. Really? Thank you so much. What have you got planned for the rest of the day? I have a very strange life, but I'm teaching yoga in about 15 minutes. And then I will be, we're in the Christmas season. So I've got a band of elves all over the <laughs> oh, lower yeah. mainland. And I'm going to go, yep, yeah, or an <laughs> army of elves. I don't know what you, so yeah, I'm going to make sure they're all, they're all happy and spreading the cheer of the season. <laughs> so it'll Brilliant. be a good day. Well, yeah. we'll catch up in the new year. Definitely. Sounds good. Make I would love that. Too. Thank, thank you very, you very much. much see
0: you later thank you, bye. Bye. bye thank you so much for listening to the podcast today if you haven't already please follow Kiri presents or inspiring stories on the podcast platform of your choice and don't forget to share on the socials if you enjoyed it thank you very much and talk to you soon